Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Tuesday afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. This is Connerly Trophy Tuesday. We're glad to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road coming to you live today from the Country Club of Jackson. Looks a little different than the last time that uh, that we were here. Less stuff out there. There, there is less stuff less golf. out there. Less golf happening. I, I More football. I was a little disappointed when I looked out the back window of the uh, clubhouse just a little while ago. I saw one golf cart as I stood there for a couple of minutes. I was like... This is a really good day to be on the golf course. It's not the worst day. A little chilly, but if you're dressed well, yeah. sixty, out, sixty, and sunny. Blowing. Yeah, at the end of November, you take it. You better believe you take it. It's a fantastic day. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just beautiful. This is in your wheelhouse, right? This is hey dad weather. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love to hear from you this afternoon. You can join us on the C Spire text line 601879 Four three nine five. Ceasefire. Customer inspired. Again, 601-879-4395. Even when we are on the road, we come to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of nonstop entertainment. Learn more at PearlRiverResort.com. So the Connerly Trophy will be awarded tonight. Ten finalists from the ten football playing schools in the state of Mississippi. And uh, just some great names and some great individual accomplishments for all of the finalists that are going to be recognized tonight. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is kind of a goofy thought. Uh, When I walked in, I was really uh, impressed by the the four-year. You're like a a dad wiping somebody's mouth. I mean, like, Uh, come on. We talk into microphones for a living. Well, the one that I'm used to, I have to keep far away because, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. No, they, they did a really nice job of decorating. That was my first thought. That's where my head is today. I walked in, I was like, wow, it looks great in here. Are you I talking mean, about the Christmas decorations the Christmas or the pop-up banners? With, the, with, with the, the banners and the helmets and all that. They did a really nice job here. But uh, that that's where my dumb brain goes is how nice it looked when yeah. I walked in. And not, wow, great nice. football players. But it was, it's not, wow, great football players. It's, wow, they did a really nice job of decorating here. But you've got time to get to the great football players. That is true. Of it. Yeah. So because all three of us are in the same spot, that means somebody is uh, flying this spaceship today, and that somebody is the one and only William East. Hello, Will. Hello, boys. So it's like he's Chewbacca to your Han Solo here today? <laughs> Not really a Star Wars guy. Uh, just trust me on that analogy. Okay, I'll go with you. All right, there's Luke Skywalker. I don't know who I am. 
Can I say it? Can I say it? Am I 3PO? No, I was going to say Jabba the Hutt. But, you know, it's oh. changed. It's it's less than it used to be. Ah, ah, Will, what a great unknowing segue. <laughs> oh, I've got presents. Got, we little, got little Christmas, Santa Claus here. Little, little Christmas oh. come early. Oh. Uh, as you well know, Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Visit their website, genteelapparel.com. Even if you missed the Cyber Monday sale yesterday. Yeah, for you. Uh, you can still get 10% off just by entering your email address when you place your order. Because this is a celebration. A celebration. When we began this, uh, I, we had to get special orders, and Brian Haydad made jokes himself um, about all of the yarn in Thailand or whatever that we, was we ran, We ran the Southeast Asian Peninsula dry. And so... We got samples. I say we. I mean, our friends at Genteel got samples for Hey Dad. Yeah. In 4X and 5X. Yes. We tried the 4X first, and it was it. Yes. It was. It was no. So, so there was. Uh, he, he went with the 5X, um, and then he began this weight loss journey. It's a journey. And he got to 4X, and once again, because there were others that needed those shirts. They the, the extras that we had from the original samples, they were gone. Yeah. And so they got especially made some of the shirts that you've seen him wear lately. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Dad, you, you know, when we get to three. Mm-hmm. They just have them. The genteel, it's, it's like the have them genteel there. is your oyster. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And th- this box is full. Full to the <laughs> brim for hey, Dad. All right. So we'll get the, the ugly ones out of the way first. Uh, this guy. He asked for. He's like, if it's possible, could we get a state thing? All right, so we got a little script state there for him on the solid maroon. Ooh, there you go. I like that. Daddy likes that. Uh, back by popular demand, the interlocking MSU logo. The king of all logos. Look at that. There we go. Sweet. And then everything else is super talk logo. So, all right, yeah. uh, you got the black quarter zip. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, little Q-zip. Q-zip. There we go. I, I'm big Q-zip. Uh, oh, this is a good color. Uh, we've got navy blue. <laughs> At least got, it's not powder. Got, uh, blue. got navy blue in the Super Talk logo. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got. Uh, oh, we're getting to the powder blue. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. Uh, get, the, a uh, a, get a picture. Get a picture of in powder blue. I own a couple of powder blue shirts. In genteel. Oh, at I'm least a, one of them. Okay. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we got the maroon and white stripe for him. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, like what color is this? We got uh, charcoal pinstripe here with the Super Talk logo. Very nice. Uh, we got uh, flies, fishing flies. Oh, nice, uh, nice little repeat. Look at me! Pattern. I'm gonna be. Uh, there you go. Very, very fancy. Uh, we got you a navy and white stripe here. I, they had powder blue and white, but you had requested none, so we skipped on that. So we went to navy. So we went with navy. Okay, sure, same thing. Well, I mean, you are from these United States That's of true. America. That's true. That's uh, true. We got a uh, got a black one. All right. Yeah. All right. We got a describes uh, this football season for. We me. got a, a charcoal gray one. Oh, I like that. Yeah? I like charcoal Thought bread. you might like that. And then... And this is the coup de grace. This piece, is the, the piece de resistance. Will, this is maybe a little outside of Haydad's comfort zone. It is navy, but yeah. limited. There was a green one, but... I, I didn't green know. is a little much. Uh, so we got him the quarter zip hoodie in the softest fabric known to man. Yeah. I'm, ah. I'm going to pull this one out. I might even make you put this on. Okay. As we're uh, as we're doing it. Let's see how it goes. So it's not like hoodie where it's like up to your neck. I didn't think yeah. you would like that. No, I don't want so there you go. How soft is that? Lord, it's like a baby's bottle. <laughs> he doesn't talk into the microphone, so it's, it's an issue. Yeah, he's cackling. 
You don't have to. I mean, you could just put it on over your clothes. You don't have to go to the men's room just to put on a hoodie. Get up and oh, a little okay. fashion you're, show you're here. Way out of go. frame. Just yeah, half of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. He's half there the man he used to be. Look at this. Got Apollo Creed over here, like he's going into the yeah. ring. He's like Anakin Skywalker over there. What is I, that? I, I'm not. I'm not sure that you actually need to leave the hood up. No, do it and put the headset over it like Coach Prime. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! There you go. Yes, look at him. Yes, good. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> this is really soft. What'd you say? It's like you're like this a baby's is, behind. It's softer than MSU's past defense this year. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Well, I wouldn't go crazy. Ah. I wouldn't go crazy. All right, so there you go. Um, if, need, a, need, a, need some scissors. No, you don't. You got it? Yeah, I can just help you out here. But this is the most helpful guy. Can I say he, something? He popped that up. He Am I allowed to say you? something here? I guess so. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Just thank our friends I, at Genteel, Blake. Obviously, our friends at Genteel are the, awesome. Uh, the crew took care of you. So. But, uh, you know, you, you made a, a point that you're like, if you lose this weight, I'll hook everything up for you. And, there you hey, go. Look at this. Does that qualify? Well, this I, is, this will, I, I, my, my, you know, I, I need some more pants now so well, I can do less laundry. I, I did ask you the other, I think it was off air. Mm -hmm. I think I texted him. I was like, hey, pants size. I was like, here's what the. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, nah, we're not we're there not yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're working. All right. So that's the we're next We're grinding. Carrot. That's the next carrot. That's the next, yeah. Some genteel pants. And can I get some swim trunks with the patented escape hatch technology? Yes. All right. Yes, you may. Yes. This is so soft. It is stupid soft. It's like I, I, I told literally you. you could swaddle a baby in this yeah. and they would be happy. Yeah. All right. So there you go. I like this. Uh, hey, Ned. We've got him. He's not going to dress like a bum anymore. No I more. No I more. was wearing a genteel polo. No, got, no more it. San Francisco Giants t-shirts in the studio. No more. Or the Villanova one. I, those are too big now. I can't wear them. Awesome. I, I, yeah, wear, them, I wear them around the house. Those are my around the and house shirts. you've upgraded from the, the, the giant walking bully, too, to a more uh, sleek-looking state logo. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, here we go. Given so. Greenwood. Hey Dad, uh, hey, Dad looks like Emperor Palpatine in that hoodie. Good. <laughs> Use your aggressive feelings, boy. Charlie says it sounds like Christmas morning in your studio. We get a congrats, hey, Dad, keep up the journey. Uh, let's see, what else did we get? I was worried this was going to be a little snug, but it's not. I would 100% buy a Super Talk logo shirt. We can work on that. We can make it happen. Uh, we need to be a part of their collegiate collection, Super Talk University. Uh, STU. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Mean, there's a South Panola University. It feels like there could be a Super Talk it University. It could. It could. Maybe. Professor Cross? Yeah, well. There yeah. you go. All right. All right, so uh, that's why they like you in Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Number one in Nepal. Is that still a thing, or did you lose that? No. Well, you know what? Let's check. We can check. Uh, Have you found that guy? Apropos that of nothing. guy. <laughs> He's still on the mountain. Apropos of nothing. Coach Levy sounds like a bigger redneck oh. than me. I like it. That's good. Uh, currently, uh, here we go. Still the number one college football podcast in Nepal. It's very good. Ninth overall. In, Le in Nepal. Asia? Nepal. Oh. What's number one? Uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. No, this is sports <laughs> news. It's the Nepali podcast oh. hosted by Roshan Sig Sigdell. Uh, doesn't say what it's about. Well, now you have your target, though. Yeah, I'm coming for you, Roshan. All right, we got a question here. We'll unpack it on the other side of this timeout. Don't forget my question from yesterday. Does Ole Miss make a New Year's Six Bowl game? Let's talk about that next. In the Pearl River Resort Studio tonight, the C Spire Cotterly Trophy presentation we're live today at CCJ.
Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. If you're traveling this afternoon, be safe on the road. Gorgeous day in the Magnolia State. We are in the uh, the state capitol today at uh, the Country Club of Jackson for the C Spire Connerly Trophy presentation, which will happen later tonight. So we had that question on the uh, C Spire text line just a couple of minutes ago. About uh, and it was a question from yesterday where we we said, "Hey, can you hold that thought for a day?" And Just, credit to him for holding that thought a day and, and bringing it to and, us when we started. And, and, and he was a ready. reminder. He's yes. ready. Well, well done. Well done. So the question is: Will Ole Miss make a New Year's Six game? And sorry for the suspense, but the answer is we don't know yet. Right? Can Ole Miss make a a New Year's Six game? Yes, absolutely. In fact, Ole Miss has made a New Year's Six Bowl game three times. Since the playoffs started. And two of those three times, it's been with nine wins. It was a nine-win Ole Miss team that got in and played TCU in the Peach Bowl in the game that never actually happened. Mm -hmm. It was a nine-win Ole Miss team that made it to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, SEC had two teams in the college football playoff that year, and Ole Miss made it to the Sugar Bowl in uh, 2015, right? They had two teams in the college football playoff? I'm assuming that Ole Miss getting to the Sugar Bowl with just nine wins meant that, that Alabama and Georgia no. were both in the playoff? No, Georgia was Georgia was terrible. In Auburn made the Sugar Bowl as an eight-win team once. Yeah, they did. Ole Miss was just the highest-rated SEC team not in the Sugar Bowl, not in the playoffs yeah, that year. Yeah, I guess I was Because I remember, yeah, I remember the, the winner of the Egg Bowl that year was going to go to the Sugar Bowl. Everybody knew that going in. Okay, mm-hmm. I got yeah. you. Well, regardless, as a nine-win team, they got into the Sugar Bowl and, and they beat Oklahoma State. Beat is a very generous term. Handily. Yeah, yeah remember when, when they murdered them on live television. Remember when Laramie Tunsil scored the touchdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a fun play. Uh, I'm sure it was. It was a it was a fun play. And, and Gundy in the post game was crying about. He's like, "That's what happens when they get to pay players, and I don't." Something like that in his post game. And he was right. So yeah, something like that. <laughs> and now you're acting like you guys want to get in on the party. Let's do it. I'm in. About time. Yeah. yeah. Better left than never. Uh, I suppose we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works it's out. Hit me, by the way. Don't hit me. Yeah, it's uh, it's all right. Uh, and then of course, Ole Miss got to the Sugar Bowl as a ten win team a couple of years ago in mm-hmm. 2021. Um, Matt Corral was injured early in the ball yeah. game. Baylor ends up winning it. Stuff, suffocating defensive performance that night. I was delirious with COVID when that happened. Two programs have kind of gone in the opposite direction since that night, actually. Baylor has been on a downward trend. And sticking with Aranda, too. After we we, really we talked about year. that. We got a question on uh, it's, it's for tomorrow's podcast. And they were asking about could Dave Aranda be a candidate at state? And we were like, no, because he's staying. He's talking about the defensive coordinator. And I was like, no, he's staying at Baylor. And we were just like, what happened there? Because when they beat Ole Miss in that bowl game, and we were like, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, Baylor might be positioned to be the big the big dog in the Big 12 for a while. Instead, they have fallen completely apart. And and you remember, they, they lost their defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Ron Roberts was the defensive coordinator at Baylor on that team. He is now the defensive coordinator at Auburn? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. yeah Russian, too. 
He may once again be looking for a job. Yeah, he didn't I, rush to. He he rushed to with the spot. With the spot. That's yeah. rushing too. Well, the third the, guy was a spy. The, the He's not rushing. Just in case uh, Milrow could run for 31 yards uh, to, to end the game there. So so, so the, the point in going back through all of that is Ole Miss twice has gotten into a New Year's Six game with just nine wins. They've gotten right. in once with ten wins. Borky made the point that Auburn got into the Sugar Bowl, New Year's Six game, with eight wins one season. So mm-hmm. it has been done. The problem is nobody in the top ten has lost this year. Right. Like Everybody just keeps on winning. And so you've got four ten and two teams. Yeah, you've got there may be more ten and two teams, but four that are in this conversation: mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Louisville, um, Oklahoma, and Missouri. That's yes. right. Th- those are the four ten and two teams that are in the mix for a New Year's Six game. In a in a year in which the Sugar Bowl was not a playoff game like it is this season, Ole Miss would have a better chance mm-hmm. of becoming one of the New Year's Six teams because the SEC has a contractual tie with the Sugar Bowl in mm-hmm. years in which the Sugar Bowl is not a playoff game. Correct. In the same way that this year, the Orange Bowl has a contractual tie with the ACC, so the Orange Bowl's first pick is the highest-ranked college football poll team from the ACC that is not part of the playoff. They don't have anybody in the playoff, then their highest-ranked team, period, goes to the Orange Bowl. If they have a playoff team, then it's the second team. Right. So, when you look at the scenario for the ACC, if Florida State wins over Louisville in the ACC championship game, they're likely going to be one of the four teams. Yeah, it feels a that way. A thirteen and zero ACC team likely going to be in the playoff, yeah, and they'll get beat badly because they don't have Jordan Travis. That's right. But they are. Point, it has to be. You played your schedule. You went undefeated. You deserve to be here. It doesn't matter what else happened. Um, which means there will be another slot in the Orange Bowl that must be filled by an ACC team, and Louisville, even in losing the ACC championship game, would likely be that team. Yes. Yes. Unless it's like they got beat fifty-eight to three, right? And somehow Clemson at eight and four finished ranked ahead of them. I mean, it seems really unlikely. But the point being, there will be another ACC team that fills that slot, so there's one less slot available, right? And based on where the rankings are right now, and by the way, we get our next updated college football playoff rankings tonight. You've got Missouri ranked a couple of spots ahead of Ole Miss, and you've got Penn State. Kind of inexplicably, but nevertheless, ranked ahead of Ole Miss. And so, for Ole Miss to get into a New Year's Six playoff game, Ole Miss doesn't play again, Penn State doesn't play again, Missouri doesn't play again. You You have to jump. you got to jump, which means the college football playoff committee has to decide to reshuffle the order. Right. Which means instead of treating it just like like the AP poll, where it's like, well, you didn't lose – and nothing behind you happened that caused you to move up or move down, so you're just going to be ranked the same. It would take the college football playoff committee in that meeting room in Grapevine, Texas, at the, the Gaylord Hotel, sitting there and say, okay, these are the four teams that are going into the college football playoff. Mm. Now we need to rank 8 through 12, because that's, or, or uh, 5 through 12, because that's who's going to make up the rest. And oh, by the way, the group of five is guaranteed a spot in one of those games as well. The highest-ranked group of five team is guaranteed a spot. So 
Tulane or SMU or possibly Liberty is going to get one of those spots as well. Mm-hmm. You can debate whether or not they should. doesn't matter. They're going to get a spot because contractually they get one. And so it would take a reshuffling of those rankings where the committee said, all right, let's lay out all the resumes and let's make sure we've got this right. And they start going through the resumes, and they, they don't worry about the fact that was Missouri was playing better down the stretch or that you know Penn State won their last two games after losing to Ohio State. They would just take each resume on its merits and start looking at all the analytics, strength of record, strength of schedule, who you beat, when you beat them, where you beat them, and who you lost to. every single one of those favors Ole Miss over Missouri. Every single one of them. And Penn State. And Penn State. Penn State's got an impressive win over Iowa, but that's all they got. They, they, beat, they beat Iowa 31 to nothing in Happy Valley. Right. That's their big mark on their resume. But that's an Iowa team that's going to plummet in the rankings after they get boat raced by Michigan in the Big Ten championship yes. game. Mm-hmm. So if they just set it out and they compared the resumes, Ole Miss's two losses would be the best two losses mm-hmm. of, of any of those teams For because sure. they're to Alabama and Georgia. Ole Miss's best win would be against LSU, and that would be a better win than any of those other teams have on their resume. I mean, but Missouri does not have a single win against the top 25 team. Nope. Yeah. At, at this point, and if, right, if Tulane right. wins Saturday, Ole Miss will have two wins against teams in the top twenty, probably Maybe the, the top, top 15. fifteen. One of them on the road, but that's what it's going to take. Yeah. It's going to take the committee going back to the drawing board and saying, "All right, let's look at all these. Let's make sure that the resumes stack up." We think, and and, and maybe just take the names off of them. And, and you Which just is what say, A, B, C, okay, uh, B has the best resume. Who's that? That's Ole Miss. Okay, well, they are number nine. Who's the next best? Well, it's A. Okay, that's Missouri. They're number 10, and here's Penn State. They're number 11. And so one of our, our listeners brings up, in 2014, that did happen. Mississippi State and Michigan State flip-flopped after they were done playing games, and State went to playing. You had it with Baylor and TCU also. Yeah, and, and you had State was supposed well, everybody thought State was going to the Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. and they ended up going to the Orange Bowl. Right. Because of that. So, I mean, they were all, State was already in at that point. It was just where they were going to go. So it's sort of the same thing here. Now Ole Miss is trying to flip-flop in a way to get in. It's a good question. Does the Peach Bowl have any say? You they know don't. they want Ole Miss over Missouri. And you would also, I guess, include the Cotton Bowl in that as well. But do they? Like, can they Can they say, the, hey, committee? They might say they can, or people might whisper that they can. I spoke to someone they don't. an hour and a half ago that said, I can tell you with a great deal of certainty they have zero input. This is entirely the work of the college football playoff committee. I think this guy's right, though. If they did, they would have a preference. The Cotton, would the cotton Bowl would want all this. Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll talk with Bill Blackwell coming up next. He's the executive director of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. This is Ceasefire Connerly Trophy Tuesday in the Magnolia State. And uh, we are help, uh, happy to uh, have Bill Blackwell join us. He's the executive director 
of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, this is a special night in the state of Mississippi. Always good to uh, to be with you. Thanks for uh, for having us. Well, thank you for being here. We uh, always enjoy this day. It's uh, probably the most talked about event that the uh, Hall of Fame does other than uh, our induction night. And uh, C Spire has been the sponsor for years and years and have done an excellent job with the program uh, Charles Davis, who MCs it, does a great job, and everybody's always anxious to see who's selected to win the, uh, the Connerly Trophy. And uh, it's good to be back in person this year. We were just talking during the break. Uh, Mother Nature did not cooperate last year. It was a last-minute decision because of some severe storms that were coming through Mississippi. It turned into a, uh, to a virtual event, which is not what anybody wants. Uh, safety first, but uh, certainly good on a gorgeous day to have everybody coming back in. To... I was very happy to see the sunshine. I'll bet. I'll bet you were, Bill. And, and in a lot of ways, this is a celebration of college football in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, and Mississippi, like no other state that I'm aware of, celebrates football and uh, the people that play it. Yeah. And this is a chance for uh, uh, the fan to come in, get a chance to meet and shake hands and talk with uh, their favorite players, and so it's a great night. So there's a reception that gets started about 5:30, and then the program is uh, is after that as well. Um, there is a debate that we have had on the show because it's so difficult to choose the best player in the state of Mississippi. Because the reality is. You got a couple of SEC teams, and you've got Southern Miss in the Sun Belt Conference, and you've got Delta State in the Gulf South, and you've got SWAC, SWAC programs, and, and and you don't you just don't have everybody playing at the exact same level, and so just raise the question, and I'm I'm curious if it's anything that that you or the board at the Hall of Fame has ever considered if if it turns into like a most valuable player as opposed to just standalone the best player because it sure is hard to determine. Yeah, it definitely is, and it is uh, an ongoing topic of discussion. Uh, I think that uh, uh, most of the schools enjoy being, the smaller schools enjoy being compared and getting to, uh, the players get to meet the other players from the other teams, they get some camaraderie, they get a chance to talk and and meet each other. about four years ago, I took an informer poll of the athletic directors, and surprisingly, uh, there was no uh, groundswell for changing the format from what we currently have. So um, we have stayed here. Uh, we do send out instructions with the vote, uh, saying that it should be for the value to the team. And for the college season, it uh, doesn't talk about uh, pro potential, but uh, uh, should be based on the votes on uh, who's played the best and to uh, uh, the media or the scouts' uh, yeah. uh, knowledge. You and, know. and, Bill, there are, I mean, this list this year, I'll run through the names quickly. From Alcorn State, Aaron Allen, the quarterback. From Bellhaven, Colby Blunt, a running back. Delta State's Patrick Shegog, outstanding quarterbacks, had a phenomenal year. Jackson State running back Irv Mulligan uh, for Millsaps. They go special teams with their uh, their punter, Ethan Klapich, uh, from uh, from Millsaps. Marcus Williams from Mississippi College running back. 
Uh, Nathaniel Buki Watson, who led the SEC in tackles this year from Mississippi State. For Mississippi Valley State, they go offensive lineman with their center, Rodney Luckett. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, who won the war award a year ago as a true freshman at Ole Miss, is uh, the nominee from Ole Miss again this year. And then Frank Gore Jr., who has had just an incredible career at the University of Southern Mississippi in his final three or four games of the regular season. We're, we're off the charts this season once again. There are four or five of these individuals that uh, could well walk away with the trophy tonight. Uh, as you said, uh, uh, whether it's Frank Gore Jr. or Quinchon uh, trying to make it two in a row, yeah. uh, the last player to win two in a row, I believe, was Dak Prescott. Uh, it's, it's turned out okay for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the Connolly Trophy was kind of the springboard for him into the NFL. That may have been what pushed him over the edge. Well, uh, it doesn't hurt. Uh, it does get some recognition nationally yeah. um, when it goes on your resume that you won the uh, Connerly Trophy. And, uh, you know, having a trophy named after uh, uh, the Ole Miss great and the uh, uh, gentleman from Clarksdale and mm -hmm. his fame with the New York Giants – uh, and Charlie was just a great individual, so uh, it doesn't hurt to have that on the resume. No, no question uh, about that. Remind people of what the the process is for um, selecting the winner. Each school is charged with making one selection. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, the athletic director and the coaches will get together, and. You know, it probably varies from school to school on how they select that person, but they make a nomination. Uh, we take the 10 nominations. There are 10 schools in the state that are four-year colleges that play football, and we send out uh, uh, a ballot to uh, sports media uh, that cover football in the state. We also include uh, uh, five uh, pro football scouts, NFL scouts from different teams, and uh, ask them to make their selection from the ten names that they are given, and that's who we'll announce uh, later on this evening. Well, that certainly is going to be interesting to see, and uh, this is one of those years where and I, I feel like in some ways it's unfair to, to say these are the three or four that really are at the top of the list, but I think we're all smart enough to, to look at some of the individual performances um, one that has stood out to me all season long, uh, we have some loyal Delta State listeners who, without fail, uh, send us emails and text messages to update us on Delta State each week to make sure that we're getting that in there. Patrick Shegok, he's had an incredible career, but this season in particular, uh, he doesn't turn the football over. He, he is threw 300 passes and had two interceptions. There you go. That's good. <laughs> That's that, pr that, pretty fair. That is, is really good. Um, has made plays with his feet, scored touchdowns on the ground, and has led that Delta State team to an incredible season. Yes, he has. And uh, uh, regretfully, uh, they couldn't uh, pull two uh, wins over Valdosta State and got eliminated this past weekend. But Todd Cooley and his whole team uh, uh, has been a uh, – prideful point for yeah. the state of Mississippi. Yeah, had a great conversation with Todd Cooley a couple of weeks ago about his team and about his quarterback as they were getting ready for their first round game, and we talked with Mike Kennison as well, and uh, so the, the, the Delta State people are so proud of that program, not just the success that it's had, but what it means for their school. Yeah, uh, they have had a, a great 
athletic program overall, and uh, especially this year, the football uh, uh, was ranked in their categories throughout the year, and to finish 10-2 and is uh, something to take a great deal of pride in. You also tonight will have the presentation of the Kent Hall Trophy. Yeah, uh, and that's going to go That's to, announced in advance. Yes, it is. Uh, that's going to go to uh, a guy that plays the same position that Kent Hall played yeah. when he was in college. He's the uh, center for uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Cole Smith. And uh, uh, it's great to see the linemen get some recognition. And uh, uh, the Hull Foundation, which... Uh, 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 Kent's widow, Kay, and her son uh, started this foundation. They uh, uh, make their charitable donations to the uh, candle lighters at uh, UMMC. Right. And uh, they've been doing this for several years now. Uh, started back in 2013. And uh, so congratulations to Cole Smith. And, and the list of linemen that have won that award all of them have played in the nfl to this point i mean it's incredible <laughs> it's incredible when you look at the guys who have been awarded uh that trophy so a great recognition there as uh, as well tell us what's going on at the uh, at the hall of fame i, I know that's uh well, there's a part have, in our progress yeah right? that's exactly it uh it's a little dusty in places uh, <laughs> around there with the walls coming down but we are undergoing the first major renovation uh, of the building since it opened in 1996. Uh, the building is owned by the state, and the uh, legislature uh, designated monies for us to uh, uh, make some changes. We are uh, opening up the lobby, uh, which will make a, a big difference in our gift shop, in uh, the way people enter the building. When we have banquets there, it will uh, uh, open it up a great deal for the public. It's the C Spire Connerly Trophy. It will be awarded all about three or four hours from right now for the best player in the state of Mississippi. Bill, always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much Thank for you, uh, having us here and for your time. Enjoyed it. Bill Blackwell, Executive Director of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, which is going to look a little bit different in the very near future. Take a timeout. More with you coming up next. This is Sports Talk Mississippi on the road at CCJ in Jackson for the Connerly Trophy presentation by Ceasefire. Mississippi Super Talk Mississippi Welcome back Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today coming to you from the Country Club of Jackson where tonight we've got the Ceasefire Connerly Trophy presentation don't forget that all guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line check out favorites.com and go with the home team Mississippi Farm Bureau. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, thanks as always for being with us. One of the things that a lot of people are talking about today, well, there, there, there's another thing now. One of the things a lot of people are talking about today is a partial schedule release uh, for next season. We're going to get the entire SEC schedule uh, coming up 
in December. We don't know exactly when, but at some point in December, the SEC is going to release the entire <laughs> schedule. But they leaked some of it to ESPN. Yes. And I think Chris Lowe, who is sometimes right, uh, wrote a story and, and put a bunch of those dates in there. And there are a few that stand out. Of local interest, Texas, Texas A&M is the final weekend of the regular season, but it is scheduled for November 30th. What a great day. You'll be, what, 50 minus 1 on November 30th? Of 2024. Of, of, yes, yeah. next. Next year. Hey, your birthday's in a couple of days. It is. All right. Yeah. I will most likely forget to tell you happy birthday. You know what? Why don't you say it now? May I do it in advance? Do it right now. Happy birthday hey, thanks, on man. Thursday. Appreciate that. And my apologies for forgetting to tell you that on the day of your birthday. You know what? It's fine. You're a busy man. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. I'm just really bad at remembering birthdays. I'm trying to help. Um, I mostly remember my children's birthdays. Good man. That's what you have a wife for, though. She helps yeah, with those Yeah, she things. does. She absolutely does. Because those are, like, week-long stuff. Yeah. Actually, I always remember my son because uh-huh. it's the day after mine. Okay. That, that helps. I did almost forget my own birthday this year, but I remember that his was the day after, and so I kind of... Somebody in this room forgot your birthday. Who? Alex? Yeah. Why, birthdays at this age she, don't matter she, anymore. What she texted me. reason would she have for remembering my birthday? She just texted me. She was like, what, isn't Richard's birthday soon? I was like, it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. well, whatever. I, I can assure She's you. She's like, no! I can assure you I didn't know and didn't, uh, didn't, didn't care one way or the other. Point being in all that. Getting back to the football part of it. <laughs> Longhorns Aggies is not on Thanksgiving night. Correct. So if we are reading the tea leaves correctly, that probably means that the Egg Bowl, sorry, Borky, will be once again on Thanksgiving night. I will tell you that I have confirmed that that is unofficial at this point. Yeah. It is likely, but it is unofficial. So who do I write a letter to? Uh, I don't think it will matter. Your local uh, congressman. Uh, 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 letter writing campaign won't work? No, I, I really don't think so. And and by Senator, the way, Senator Cindy Hyde Smith. Based on based on Twitter, Roger Wicker knows me. I will send him a letter. But based on That's Twitter, true. it's split like right down the middle. It really is. It's Keith crazy. Carter said that in in his pregame show interview on the Ole Miss Network before the Egg Bowl, they tried to say, "Hey, is it going to be here on uh, uh, you know Thanksgiving night going forward?" He's like, "Yeah, well, we got to continue to work on that. I think our people are kind of split 50-50 on it, and that feels like about the breakdown." I will tell you that from the League office standpoint, I, I just got a text from somebody that says the Egg Bowl is on Saturday next year. Yeah. I got bad news for you. It's probably not. Uh, again, it's not official, but it is most likely going to stay on Thanksgiving night. Well, we see a phenomenon like this every year. I mean, you look at the opening weekend next season, right? August 31st, I think, is the opening Saturday. There are games that are scheduled for August 31st that will be played on August 29th. Yeah, that's they, they, yeah, yeah. They move games up two days. They do every single year. I'm yeah, just asking year. you to trust me. I'm asking you to trust year? me and telling you that it's like I don't even want to put a percentage on it, but more likely than not, far more likely than not, so that the egg bowl. There's a chance. Though. Remember last year, like in the middle of like the spring or maybe it was the summer, State and Ole Miss released the kickoff time for the yeah. egg bowl is Thanksgiving night, six thirty, and and Bork and I are just like. Didn't we already know this? Like this. like last year? What do you mean? It was what, what are we doing here? It's like there's an excuse to put out a graphic. So does this mean though that they're not locked into it in perpetuity? No, it's not locked in in perpetuity. Absolutely not. Absolutely. And what not. would be the reason for change? 
You know, that's what I'm wondering. I don't like it for personal reasons. I know that there are people out there that love it and people that hate it for whatever reason, right? We talk about the NFL angle and all that, but if they were to move Texas and Texas A&M to Thanksgiving instead, mm-hmm. why? Like, what would be the reason for that? Historically, that's where that game was played before it. 69 times, I believe. Nice. So, before that, that's the only reason, though. I mean, that's the reason you do everything in college football. It's tradition. I'm just... I'm just thinking out loud here, my, I, and, and my thinking out loud is you're going to end up with something like this on Thanksgiving weekend. Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, double header on Black Friday with a couple of SEC games. Missouri, Arkansas, and um, something else. Maybe. LSU, A&M. Well, well, I mean, it's what, A&M what, what if you had a double header on Black Friday that was like, Florida, Florida State, and Georgia, Georgia Tech. And then... I don't mind that. And then on that Saturday, what what if you had a double header that was Iron Bowl followed by Texas and Texas A&M or vice versa? Lovely. Or or a triple header, who knows, that maybe you... I don't know. Got to get Tennessee Vanderbilt in there somewhere. The thing is, with all of the rivalry games happening on that weekend... If the Egg Bowl is moved off of Thanksgiving, it becomes just another game. And the only way it rises in stature is if you've got like a top 10 or top 15 matchup. But in just most years, based on historically, just go get lost in the shuffle. It'll be right there where Tennessee and Vanderbilt was this year. As opposed to a standalone primetime spot. Come on, Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. It is Connerly Trophy Tuesday. The Ceasefire Connerly Trophy will be awarded tonight to the best, that's such a hard term, best college football player in the state of Mississippi. And we are joined by Jim Richmond, who's been with Ceasefire for a, a very long time. Always good to see you. This is always such a special night. It's always a pleasure. We appreciate uh, you being here and doing the show from the Country Club uh, prior, I, prior to the Connerly Award tonight. I, so. I said earlier I was a little disappointed. I came in and looked out the back door, and I expected as gorgeous a day it is. I expected to be, see more golfers out yeah. there, and it was empty. Yeah. And I was like, that is a little strange. Folks are missing an opportunity today. Been terrific, yeah, no doubt. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Jim, this is, um, I was talking with Bill Blackwell a little while ago, and th- there's so many things that this night is, but, but one of them, and I think it's important, is a celebration of college football in Mississippi. It is. It is. You know, there's so much emphasis, obviously, on enthusiasm uh, for football, for college uh, football, uh, in, in really across our footprint, the Deep South, but certainly in Mississippi. And uh, we've been associated with this award, I believe it's 26 years, but uh, somewhere around 25 years, and I have really loved every minute of it. You know, really, it's great. I've always said it's great, obviously, for the fans to kind of have something to kind of root for as the season comes to a close, but certainly for the players and um you know, the the finalist, to be put up as a finalist from your school says a lot. The structure, yeah. the way it's set up now, I mean, it's picked by, you know, the coaches, and they typically, and, and you know, being around a lot of these finalists and talking to them, uh, you, you know, they're good good folks. I mean, you can see their leadership qualities and why they would be put up. And, of course, a lot of times it equates to success on the field as well. You know, we, 
debate a lot on this radio show. And so many times it's Ole Miss versus Mississippi State and it's players and whatever. You know, debating who wins the award is fun, but there also is some debate in was the right guy nominated yeah. from from a given yeah. school in a given year? Because sometimes you have you know multiple players that are are deserving of consideration for this. Yeah, could be, and that's that's really the case. I think every year when you look out across uh, you know the ten finalists, and uh, there's typically a couple of schools in 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 my eyes. Of course, we have nothing to do with who they put up, but I'm right. kind of like, oh gosh, I thought they would be putting mm-hmm. up you know this quarterback instead of you know somebody else. But uh, you know, a lot of times uh, it's. Uh, Again, it's the stats on the field uh, come into play. I know a lot, you know, for the teams because it's really kind of a most valuable player award for that particular team. I think is the way a lot of those coaches uh, that that end up choosing the players the way they they perceive that. And then of course you roll it in across the board. And again, just to be a finalist, I think it's terrific. But the whole program is is great. And uh, you know, and, and for the, those folks who will be in attendance tonight, they'll see a, another good show. We, we put a lot of effort, uh, quite a few dollars into the production. We kind of changed the style up, the structure over it several years ago. Uh, brought Charles Davis in uh, to MC it, and just he does a terrific job. Obviously, you know, very, uh, very professional. Uh, knows the football world well, and, and just, a great uh, person. Uh, just great, just great person, and just a lot of fun. And obviously, there's a lot of opportunity for the folks who do attend to be up close and personal to the, to the you know the players, the coaches, and and a lot of times athletic directors as well. So it's a fun, fun night. Kind of style it a little bit like uh, sort of a mini ESPY show. You know, kind of make it quick. It's not this thing where somebody like me gets up and gives this long boring speech and all those good things it's it's fast moving a lot of video content and uh anyway it, it'll be good in fact speaking of videos we're going to be showing our uh, 30 years of a sports marketing video uh, I, tonight as well i know you're familiar with that I, I watched the video and i mean you want to talk about a trip down memory lane it's been on on your website uh, at ceasefire for a while so you and I have talked about this a bunch in the past. Uh, I, I've asked you, you know, why sports marketing has been so important. I'm not going to, we're not going to go through that again, but it has been important for a really long time. And and when we visited with Hugh a couple of weeks ago, leading into the um, the, the throwback basketball right. game oh, yeah. at, at Tad Smith Coliseum, um, you know, he talked a lot about kind of going down memory lane. And there have been so many things that C Spire has been involved with, going back to the Cellular South days yeah. as a, a presenting sponsor or a, a, a corporate partner or, or what, from golf to high school football to college football and all of the college sports and just involved with so many things. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's something uh, C Spire uh, really likes to try to have impact on our customers, obviously providing services and all the things uh, that we do each and every day. But in this case, uh, you know, we really feel like we've had impact uh, in areas where people are passionate. So, you know, when you think about uh, the high school football games, we started televising. You were a part of that early on. And, you know, we were televising those games at one time, uh, you know, to 13 million households across the southeast. And uh, so from a brand play, it was it was really a good brand play for us. But the, the passion at those games, I mean, you could just feel it when you walked. It was just a different atmosphere mm-hmm. and, and just so much fun. But, uh, yeah, and then I think about, and people ask me all the time, you know, with your job, you know, you've really, you've really got a cool job, and you've got to meet so many people, athletes, and uh, some folks in the music world, and everything else. And people ask me all the time, you know, well, who are some of your favorite folks that you've had a chance to meet? And, you know, I think about it, and I have met a lot of folks through these trophy presentations that went on to become big 
professional athletes uh, in their own right, but uh, just the trophy, uh, the trophy namesakes themselves. I mean, having the opportunity to be around the late Boo Ferris, right. you know, is just because he's an incredible guy. Obviously, an incredible athlete in his own, you know, in his own right as well. But uh, of course, uh, you know, Bailey Howell and Pe- Peggy Gillum. I mean, it's just just terrific. And then some of the other programs that we've put on over time, where we've put on some business events, and we've had Lee Corso and, and Kirk Herb Street come in and uh, you know talk football before the season starts. Those have been uh, tremendous events. And uh, professional tennis, we did that for a while in Memphis, right. and you know we we brought in some really big name tennis players like Venus Williams and Maria Sharapova, and uh, those were a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, I really look at it, and I, I get I get back to those high school football games because of that that passion that was there. All right, I want you to tell the story. Um, Hugh and I touched on this, but ran out of time. So there was a marketing agency out of New York mm-hmm. that was trying to gain your business, right? And they told their story about the creation of the soap opera, right? And if I remember hearing this correctly, <laughs> Hugh Mina, in, in a way that. Only kind of can. only he can turned around and said, "That's great. Yeah. We want a soap opera. Yeah. Create it, create it for us." And this that is a, that is really a true story. I mean, in conversations with this agency, uh, they had originally way back uh, created the soap operas uh, that are still on TV today. And uh, that concept to sell really, soap, right? Yeah, yeah, to, to sell products. You know, is, is really what because in the early days, uh, in the early. Uh, soap operas there was a lot more product placement and things like that and so uh you know from from fast forward into our world uh we wanted to uh, to do something within our footprint uh, at that time uh, and again i keep going back to the word passion but things that people would really enjoy and you know we worked a lot we had a great relationship with the mhsaa uh, folks, Dr. Proctor, who was there at the time, and uh, I hate to use the term of invented it, but it was kind of a creation of a really unique, you know, TV program, obviously a football game. Yeah. But at the same time, it was a lot more than that because at, at the actual events, you know, we brought in uh, fireworks and, you know, various pyrotechnics, just things that were really cool. We had flyovers at time. I mean, who has flyovers in high school games? We had some. Uh, you know, you just it was just crazy. Some of the things that we, we were able to do. And, well, there were no yeah. high schools that had video boards at the time, and you guys would exactly. roll in a video yeah, board, and now would, you see those all over the place. Uh, that's and another portable good point. lighting, so, and it was incredible. Yeah, the, the physical things that we would bring in the jumbotrons back then were unheard of in, at the high school level. I mean, mm-hmm. the colleges were just beginning to in, you know install those, and so we would bring those in. A lot of times, these high school stadiums uh, would not have enough lights yeah. uh, to really carry the quality that we were trying to. Project with the you know with the program and with the with the televised program and uh, so we would bring in a lot of additional lights and uh, you know we'd work for three days to set it up. I mean it's major major production and really focused on quality from an announcer standpoint and obviously you you played that role for a while for us and uh, again just you know I still hear about it today so that's been years ago I think the last uh, games we started with y'all versus us under the Sailor South brand right and as we changed the brand to ceasefire we recreated that brand to become bright lights and uh, I believe the last game was last games were played in 2012 so that's been a long time ago uh-huh. and you know here people still talk about them today so you know that had impact and and that's that's a good thing for us you know it's a, it's an interesting marriage right because th- there is an end goal this is not just out of the goodness of your heart it's it's about right. brand awareness and and staying front of mind and yet 
it's been so good on the other side for all of the people with which you do business. Yeah, it really has, and uh, it's been a great brand play for us. I mean, you know, we started uh, somewhere back around 1993. Uh, and, and with the headsets in Mississippi, and of course we've expanded that into Alabama and many other places. So. See it in Tennessee. Yeah. See yep, it in Alabama. Of. I mean, it's it's really cool. And and I still, you know, those have gone on for so long that it's easy for that almost to blend in. But you'll get that close up shot yeah. of a coach on the sideline, yeah. and boom, oh, there's yeah. that logo. And and you're like, you know, and, that's it. And when Nick Saban gets upset, the camera's going to Nick Saban. That's right. So having him with our headset on, it's. Again, terrific brand for us. A lot of fun, too. Do you cringe when you see somebody rip one of those yeah, off I've and seen that slam it into times. the ground? Yep. yep. And have to call Ori. But you know? uh, the phone guy, hey, we need another headset. Uh, Jim Richmond with C Spire. The C Spire Connerly Trophy will be awarded a little bit later tonight. Thanks so much for spending Look, some time with us. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. we got more coming up with you. We're back right after this. Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk. Mississippi. Can I talk or no? Can you talk is the better question. Better question there. Talk, but I'm going to say it when it's time. I understand. Sports Talk, Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV. Glad to be with you this afternoon. We're down around Vicksburg. We're in the room called Vicksburg, by the way. Just all it's fits a Vicksburg together, kind of day. BBC for life. Just all fits together. Uh, thanks for being with us. Pearl River Resort Studios on the road today at CCJ in Jackson. We uh, have got the Ceasefire Connolly Trophy presentation coming up a little bit later this evening. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Um, some of you are pushing back on when the Egg Bowl is going to be played next year. Here's the deal. You are more than welcome to believe whatever you want to believe. It's America. You can schedule vacation time. You can plan your trip. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm not getting in the way of it. Believe whatever you want to believe. And we'll see when we get closer. Should I even say that? Just just believe whatever you want to believe. Let's just do this. Let's go back to when the SEC announced all of its uh, the, the 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 opponents for the next season, right? Mm-hmm. Who had that info first here in the state of Mississippi? I believe it was Richard Cross. So you know, maybe he knows somebody over there in Birmingham. Maybe he's got a friend or two, and uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't have to plan anything today. I, I, I'm going to throw one more thing at you that you can believe or not believe. If uh, if if you are, you, you want the dates of Ole Miss's home SEC games next year? Is that, sure. Does that do anything for you? Actually, their entire home schedule. I mean, you know the non-conference games. August thirty-first for Furman. Look out, Paladins. September. What is it? Seventh. Is that the first Saturday in yes, September? Yes, it is. It would be for Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 
I think they're at Wake Forest in week three. They are. On the 14th. Sure. I've got Uh, it up. Back home on September 21st for Georgia Southern. That's right. SEC home opener. Last Saturday in the month of September, the 28th of September, in the year of our Lord, 20 and 24. Yes. The Kentucky Wildcats will Anno be Domini. in Oxford. Uh, and then you will have some time to uh, stretch your legs for a bit because Ole Miss will not play another home game involving an SEC team. Uh, actually, won't play another home game, period, until the 26th of October. So a full month. You would assume oh. the bye week is mixed in there. You would assume... Uh, and that's when the Oklahoma State so, this year. L- listen to this stretch, though. October 26th, home against Oklahoma. November 9th, home against the Georgia Bulldogs. Ooh, wow. There is a Saturday, yeah. in, there's a Saturday in between those two. Yeah, you better so hope that's the buy. Be, it'll either be an open date or a road SEC game. You want the open date, I think. Um, well, that wouldn't work, though. I mean, that, that would mean that you played three straight road games. Three straight conference road games if you didn't have the open date somewhere uh, between September 28th and October 26th. That's an unfortunate scheduling quirk there. Yep. That's not fun. Uh, And then the Egg Bowl on uh, presumably presumably November 28th. Possibly. Which would be Thanksgiving night. Yeah. The the one thing that I was going to say a second ago about that is that there are people at the league office that believe the Egg Bowl should stay on Thanksgiving night. Now, ultimately, they are going to work in conjunction with the schools, schools, athletics directors, presidents, whatever, to come to a solution that everybody is at least mostly in agreement with. Sure. But there is a fear, even among school administrators, that if the Egg Bowl gets moved off of Thanksgiving night, then it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle of rivalry weekend. And we got the numbers earlier today. Basically, it was 2.3 million people watched it this year. Basically the same as last year. It, what's crazy is the NFL number was basically the exact same as last yeah, year. Yeah, it was about 24 million for the 24, NFL eight, And about 2.5 million for the Egg Bowl. I will tell you one way that the number of people who watch the Egg Bowl doubles, if not triples. And it's really, really simple. And with the rights all under one umbrella, it's a possibility. I don't know that it's a likelihood, but it's a possibility. Simply move the game off of ESPN and put it on ABC. Now, that may get in the way of, like, it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown or, you know, whatever Christmas special or Thanksgiving special they are running on ABC that night. But NBC saw fit to put the NFL game on NBC on Thanksgiving night, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it drew 25 million people. You want an audience of somewhere between 6 and 7 million people for the Egg Bowl? Just slide it from ESPN to ABC. And here's a great example for that. The college basketball game that aired this year? Yep. Five more than, and a half million people. More than double the Egg Bowl. Yeah. You know and why? I, because it was on Fox. Yep. No, Not just network. It was on Fox immediately after Lions-Packers. Yes. There were a lot of televisions that were already on where they just didn't change the channel. Mm -hmm. And it just rolled right into it. So, if you want to see the number for the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, go from 2.5 million to 6 million, 7 million, something like that, just slide it over to ABC. And that would be a really big deal for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And you wouldn't hear me mention ratings again for the game. 
get, getting that game on ABC, even against the NFL, would be better than getting that game on the SEC Network Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. 100%. And, I mean, I guess – so ESPN, Justin – and a lot of people are confusing ESPN's report. ESPN did not report the game will be on November 30th, Saturday. That is not what ESPN reported. They said the game will remain on Thanksgiving weekend. That's what they said, and that also includes Thursday. This is also a good text. We're going to have two open dates on the schedule next year. Uh, are we? Because yeah. be, when, when, when opening day kickoff happens – before Labor Day weekend, oh, or, or happens in August, nice. the, the way the calendar falls, mm-hmm. you end up with two built-in open days. Shouldn't right? that how be how it always is? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. But. I, I like that idea. I mean, give me another week of college football, you know? Yeah. Give me another weekend of it, even if it kind of slightly saturates the, the slate. But, I mean, and I think that's good for a lot of reasons, too, right? I, I mean, the more time off you get, which should, in theory, mean the healthier teams can be. In theory. I mean, how do you think Ole Miss would – I know they had a really good season, but if you could have just have Jackson Dart have another week off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What that would have done for him. I mean, Will Rogers along the way could have used yeah. an extra could week off. Could have used an extra week off big time, yeah. Trey uh, Harris could have used another week off. Sure. I mean, that, that keeps teams healthier, and I don't know. I, I would – I would like to see that be permanent for those two reasons. All right, so we uh, we did get that list that was published yesterday that included some uh, pretty fascinating uh, game dates that were in there. Do you still have the list up? Uh, I do, and the link. Some really good. Some really. There, there's one day that that stood out to me. Yeah. The third Saturday in October has monster uh, right games. There. Yeah, it does. Because not only do you have. Uh, Tennessee Alabama, and Alabama Tennessee. being played on the third Saturday in October, which I'm glad to see. But also, you have is it is it Georgia? It's Georgia Texas. You know what I love? Well, you know what else is happening that week What's in that? Austin? What? Good. If you want a hotel room, you better start saving up now. What is it? Formula One race in Austin that oh, weekend. Also, wow, man, what a sports weekend. Yeah. So October 19th in Austin, Texas, Georgia at Texas. October 20th, F1 Austin. Wow, that's crazy. So you know what I love? So we, the, the second-to-last weekend of the SEC schedule is usually horrible, right? You know who Alabama's playing and where they're playing the week before the Iron Bowl next year? I, uh, I do. Let, let, let's work okay. our way to that. Okay. All right, so August 31st, Miami at Florida. All right. Notre Dame at Texas A&M. Remember how much we hated the opening weekend this year? It's much better next year. We're going to hate it less next year. Uh, Texas A&M at Florida on September 14th. Sure. September 21st, Tennessee at Oklahoma. The fact that they didn't leak a September 7th game, though, makes me worried that we're going to have another terrible week, too. Maybe. Uh, Georgia at Alabama last Saturday in September. Please be on the road, State. Please be on the road. Um, I almost just fell into, well, that's going to be the CBS primetime game. You don't know that for a fact. There ain't one. Oh, that's Not right. on CBS. That's right, yeah. Maybe the ABC. It will be prime. the ABC Saturday night primetime yeah. game. Yeah. Um, Alabama, Tennessee, October 19th. Georgia, Texas, October 19th. LSU and A&M, not in the final weekend of the regular season. They're on the final Saturday of October, October 26th. Are we doing it again? Once wasn't enough? What? We're still down around Vicksburg? No, I mean, it just brought it back. 
They only say it once in the song. Texas at Arkansas, November 16th. Who's going to be Arkansas's head coach? Who's going to be Arkansas's offensive coordinator? Have you heard? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell you more. Plus, we'll have the PTG Outdoors fishing line of the week. Coming up next, Sports Talk Mississippi on the road. CCJ for the Connerly Trophy presentation. Coming to you from C Spire. Back after this. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays is happening. Excuse me, is happening right now. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad were uh, there in Oxford for the kickoff of Holly Jolly Holidays back in late uh, middle of the month in uh, November. But the ice skating rink is still open. It's located at the Old Armory Pavilion. Real ice there for you. And uh, you never know who you're going to bump into. You can find times and pricing information at visitoxfordms.com or follow along on social media at Holly Jolly Holidays OXMS. And uh, don't forget to uh, shop local this holiday season as we get closer to the uh, start of the the gift-buying season. I don't know. Maybe we're there. Maybe the gift-buying season began or has begun already. It has. You bought any gifts yet? Yes. Really? Yes. Are you done? No. You bought any gifts yet? Uh, zero. No, absolutely not. Are you done? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I knew I, the answer to that. I was I, like, are you going full on Scrooge this year? No. There shan't be any gifts at my house. No, I've, I've got a bike ah, that, I, that I've eyed, and uh, also we are obsessed with the movie Wally. I mean, every second of the day we want to watch Wally, so I'm going to get him one. Is that a robot? Yeah, the the Disney movie, the robot. Yeah, Wally, Wally, and Eva. Yeah, we run her in the house screaming Eva because we're looking for Eva the robot. I I hope James is not listening. He's not, Um, but he knows he knows he's getting a bike anyway because he wants a bike, and I told him I'd get him a bike for Christmas. So those are that's the big purchase. He'll get other stuff too. Haven't started either one though. Very good. We have uh, we have begun. Yeah, I have begun. One of our children is farther along than the other two. Okay. We got we got one that is basically done. Mm-hmm. One where all of the idea, like we just have to execute. Yeah, like, like it's all done. You got the game plan. It's all done up here, like in our heads. Right. But the uh, the cache has not yet been outlaid. Right. In exchange for the items, and one we got no idea. Okay, I can guess which one that is. I don't know if you could or not. I think I can. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. It is time for the fishy line of the week, brought to you by PTG Outdoors. All right, it's hunting season. Your stuff needs to work. Your stuff that's got small engines, or at least smaller than the engines on your car, you got a four-wheeler, it needs to crank. Right, it needs to one. go. Do you know how to drive your four-wheeler? You're ahead of the game already. Right? He knows how to drive it. Eh. Kind of. Eh. He got it to where it needed to go. I, I guess. Uh, I guess. 
Uh, you got a side by side, got a utility vehicle, you got a boat. Maybe you're a duck hunter that uh, hunts out of a boat blind. All that stuff's got to work. And the fact of the matter is, when you're in hunting season, you need it to work, but sometimes it breaks. And so what are you going to do? Well, you got to go to a small engine repair shop. And what, what? They got a line of 127 four wheelers out the back door that all need work. They need brakes fixed. They need carburetors cleaned. They need new batteries. They need uh, whatever it is. And they're like, yeah, we'll be happy to get to it in seven weeks. And you're like, what am I going to do? Go buy a new four-wheeler? i got to have one. Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go see our friends at PTG Outdoors because they will get you in and out as quickly as is humanly possible because they understand that you need your stuff during hunting season. They know that there will be breakdowns. Do yourself a favor. Avoid the lengthy stay in the shop. Take it to PTG Outdoors. Uh, some shops will take, again, a month or two to get it fixed, not at PTG Outdoors. They've got locations in Greenwood and Grenada. Find them online at ptgoutdoors.com. That's ptgoutdoors.com. And don't forget, if you haven't gotten the winterization done on your RV or your boat, get it done. It's cheaper to get it done on the front end than having to fix stuff when you try to go back to the water or back to the campground in the spring. So, fishy Line of the week. I've got a good one. All right. I'm going to cheat on mine. Oh, you're a cheater. You're I'm like, cheating. You're a Michigan man. I, I am a Michigan man. I'm, I told you guys yesterday I'm li- I like Michigan now. I'm going to Connor Stallions this thing. What, did you look at what I was doing and you're no, stealing my idea? No, no. All right, let me give you mine. At least I don't think so. Fishy line of the week comes to us from the American Conference Championship game. The Tulane Greenway, for the second consecutive year, are hosting that game in Yulman Stadium. You remember last year they avenged a regular season loss to UCF mm-hmm. with that win yeah. that propelled them to the Cotton Bowl and ultimately a win over Southern California. Mm-hmm. They are back in that position again. They have a veteran quarterback in Michael Pratt. They are healthier than they have been at wide receiver. And they are only a four-point favorite over SMU. Mm-hmm. All things equal, not a problem. Guess what? All things aren't equal. Did you pay attention to the SMU game against Navy last week? I can't say I did. My guess is no. Preston Stone Mm -hmm. threw for 275 yards in the first quarter. And in the game itself, Preston Stone finished with 322 yards. Do you know why? Because he was carted off the field with a severe ankle injury that has him out for the rest of the year. Uh. Do you know what the three guys who took snaps at quarterback did post-Preston Stone? They went a combined four for ten for 47 yards and no touchdowns. Well, it's no big deal. SMU's a running team, right? Mm, No, they only ran it for 118 yards in the ballgame. Tulane, only a four-point favorite? Mm-hmm. That is fishy, boys. Right. Fishy. Like so that. what do you got over there, then? Basketball. Oh! That's why I'm oh, cheating. Basketball. Geez. It's football season. But, yeah, I want to hear this. But it, it, it involves uh, one of the teams here in Mississippi. You would think NC State, a team that can really, really score the basketball out of the ACC, coming oh, to Oxford. God, he said score the basketball. Well, what else would they do? Just Jimmy score. Dykes. They they can score the basketball. 
Um, and apparently they have some matchup, uh, or, or Ole Miss <laughs> is going to have some matchup issues with uh, some size that in athleticism that NC State's going to have on the block. You would think, even though you know they lost to BYU their last time out, and they had a couple of guys get ejected from that game. There was a scuffle, and coach got ejected. It was kind of a mess. And with how Ole Miss has, they've won their games, but it's been lesser competition. And let's be honest, they haven't exactly impressed in doing so. They have won the game, which is what matters. They're a one and a half point favorite. They're a favorite tonight at home in the pavilion. The odds makers are telling us something. Ole Miss is going to win the game tonight. Mm -hmm. What's Jerry Palm say? So all of the so Palm and and uh, Ken Palm and all, so Ken Palm has them losing by three I think. Okay. So uh, all the metrics say that this is going to be a really uh, really close close, close game. game. Mm-hmm. The ESPN matchup predictor predictor has Ole Miss a fifty six percent chance of winning. So you would think just on the surface NC State's going to beat Ole Miss because they can score and Ole Miss can't. Score there you the go. Ball. They can score, score the, the basketball. basketball. Uh, but NC State four and one wins over Citadel, Abilene Christian, Charleston Southern, and Vanderbilt only by six. Vanderbilt's awful, and they lost to uh, BYU on the road. Okay, so that's yours. Borky says that's that's fishy. Fishy in a good way for Ole Miss. Yeah, I think. Yeah. like the, yeah. I mean, the whole it just just doesn't really make sense on the surface. I've been waiting a few weeks for this one. Well, okay. I hear a sound in the distance. That sound. Is if you listen, you hear it. Roll Tide. Wrong team favored in the SEC championship game. Alabama is winning this game. Oh, they're a five and a half point underdog. They're going to win the game. Hold on a second. Hold on. You're you're, no 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 no. You are missing the point of this exercise. This is not prediction time. It's not prediction. This is not we're making bets. Right. You're saying that the line in and of itself is not strange, is not fishy. I'm just telling you right now that Alabama's going to win the game. Congratulations on your prediction, but that doesn't make it a fishy line. There's not a lot of options, and I didn't want to go basketball. Okay. I'll allow it. Anyway. Uh, Going basketball is a fine decision. Thank you. Anyway, I feel confident Alabama wins this game. So that's why I think it's a little fishy. Okay. You know what's not fishy? The first half point total for Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Which is? 0.5 points. Yeah, they, they are a 23-point underdog in a game where the over-under is 35.5, which means they're predicting like 29-6. to six. I got bad news for you. Hey, Dad. What's that? Who's that coming down the track? It's Mean Machine in red and black. Oh, I don't know that. Ain't nothing finer in the land. And a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Go dog, go dog. And then they boo, you know. Okay. And then they bark at you. Yeah. Go dogs. Couldn't get woof, 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 woof. Have you never heard that before? No. And I got to uh, go dogs out of you, even though it's the red and black ones. Yeah, not the same thing. Not the same thing. Decidedly not the same. Decidedly. thing. Decidedly. We have a listener that wants you to get drug tested. Hey, Dad. Somebody. Okay. If Bama wins, do Georgia and Bama both? Make the playoff. We'll have to do a lot of this tomorrow because of this, but the playoff scenarios, when you look at realistic outcomes this weekend, mm-hmm. are impossible to choose for. Impossible. There is no simple answer. No. Schedule question. Can we please move Ole Miss LSU back to Halloween weekend? It should be that weekend every weekend. I haven't an issue with that in the world. No. Who's 
going to be the offensive coordinator at Arkansas next year? Who? Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you after this. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV on the road for the Connolly Trophy presentation. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. To support your position from just a few moments ago, do you know that uh, Georgia has never beaten Alabama in the SEC championship game? Yeah, I guess that's true. More you know. Are we forgetting that Alabama's last time out, it took a fourth and 31 as time was expiring to beat Auburn? You hear that? What, what did Georgia do against Auburn? Did you hear him? Yeah. Poo-poo. Doubting and poo-pooed. Poo-pooing the great Nick Saban? You're poo-pooing us. I am. But what did Georgia do against Auburn? It's the same thing. That was weeks ago. We're learning now that what happened weeks ago doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just saying. I am. I really don't like the uh, the discourse around Florida State. You guys may disagree with me on this. I know some people do, some people don't. I, I understand that Florida State lost their quarterback. Quarterbacks are very significant to the success of a football team. I am not saying that they are not. However, we are really talking about leaving Florida State out of the playoff, even if they win the ACC, that there are people that actually want to see that? Because, yes, I do, and I'll tell you why. Well, let me finish first. Well, hurry up, because I'm mad. How valuable is a quarterback to a team? But but hold on. How valuable is Jordan Travis to that team? He is the most, that is the most important position in all of it sports. It is. But in the playoff era, have we seen an example where a team lost two quarterbacks and still won a championship? Mm-hmm. We have. So how valuable exactly? In the year of our Lord, 20 and 23, have we seen Cardale Jones on the roster for Florida State? We don't know. I mean, the kid looked really good in the second half on the road in a rivalry game. Until he got knocked out? Until he got knocked out, but he came back. My, my point is... Like, I don't know how good of a decision that was, if we're being honest, but... Probably not, because he got rocked. But what happens on the field has to matter. What a stupid and, play by Florida, too. Awful. I mean, just... May have cost him the game. End of the game. But Michigan lost a lineman in the Ohio State game. Really good offensive lineman. How valuable is he? Not as valuable, uh, not as valuable as a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But does Michigan get knocked down a little because they're without a player as well? I mean, maybe so, maybe not. But Florida State would be an undefeated Power Five conference champion with a neutral site win over number thirteen LSU and a Heisman finalist. They're going to do that, and we're going to leave them out of the playoff. Because I think that they're not as good without Travis. Just like I thought that Michigan would beat TCU last year. Hmm. Just like the odds makers thought Ohio State was one point better than Clemson, and Clemson beat them by 30 in the playoff a couple years ago. And yet we didn't have to be here. And we didn't have to be here. And do you know whose fault that is? The ACC's. It's Jim Phillips' fault. And so if there is a way for the ACC to get screwed... Out of the college football playoff, buddy, I'm here for it. We could have and should have, and tell me why nobody else in America is talking about this. That's we a good could question. have and should have a 12-team playoff this season. And guess what? It wouldn't be a problem for Florida State. They'd be in. Ole Miss would be the one sitting here on pins and needles. Very true. On, on the, the re-ranking and the re-rack-em, and the, are they going to do it? Are they going to who, – who's better, Ole Miss or Penn State or Missouri or, or Louisville? 
We could have had it, and we should have had it, but that pansy, scared to death, little alliance of very, very, very good friends, oh, the big bad SEC's out to get us, drag your feet, and cost us six months in which we could have been getting ready to have a 12-team playoff this season. But it didn't happen because of Jim Phillips and the ACC and him kind of dragging along the impotent Pac-12 and the leaderless Big Ten <laughs> just for the just for giggles. Oh, why? Why? Oh, because we're tired of the SEC. Jim Phillips. That's a really good point. Nobody's talking. Nobody in America is no. talking about that. Why not? Why not? Why? They forgot. This season that has been epic. Can you imagine this year with a 12-team playoff? Awesome. This year. Not that next year is not going to be great, but why are we waiting a year? Oh, we are, because Jim Phillips was mad at the SEC. Well, Bo says, hate to burst your bubble, but if Florida State wins, they're not getting left out. There's a chance, man. What happens if Alabama beats Georgia? What happens if Alabama beats Georgia? Are you there telling are me that real, Florida State is, is going to get in over two SEC teams? This week. There, I mean, they're not doomsday in terms of I mean, nothing bad's going to happen, but like, there's going to be these people who have taken to the college football playoff committee because they wanted it as a status symbol and they just wanted to go to these fancy meetings and everything, are actually going to have to make hard decisions yeah. on Saturday. We could have had a 12-team playoff this season, <laughs> but Jim Phillips was mad at the I SEC. Feel, I feel like you have a personal – He was mad at the SEC. This, that's what's bothering you the most. I, I, no, it has – like, uh, like uh, Ole Miss could have been Mississippi State this year and I'd be saying the exact same thing because I love college football. I mean, I agree, but – I mean, I'm glad they're not. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't know what it's like to wake up as a fan of a team that's not going to a bowl game this year, would you? We could have had a 12-team playoff this year, and but because of Jim Phillips, we don't, and nobody's talking about it. Same people that want to cancel college football in 2020. Hey, buddy. Hey, friend. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi on the road. I hope Charles Davis is still willing to sit down with us. Save me, Coach Levy. Yeah. Well, here's open. Yeah. You've tried that a couple of times before with the assistant coach going to head coach. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Just hold your breath. Cross your fingers, hold your breath. Yeah, hold my breath. That's right. Okay. Tell us how you really feel, Richard. Jim Phillips. What a joke. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Five o'clock hour. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, Super Talk TV, and of course on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. This is Ceasefire Connerly Trophy Tuesday in the Magnolia State. <clears throat> Excuse me. No uh, good there. Hey, that feels good. Get it out. Yeah, absolutely. Joined by Charles Davis, who is emceeing this event tonight. Uh, he has been here before, was here with us a couple of years ago. Mother Nature did not cooperate for a uh, for an in person ceremony last season, so last minute it became uh, virtual. Great to have you back in Mississippi to uh, 
I think celebrate college football yeah. in the Magnolia State tonight. Agreed. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. And thank you for having me. It's a, it truly is an honor to be a part of this. And I think I told you last time we were here, you know, growing up in New York State, mm-hmm. if you did any reading on the New York Giants, the Jets, you know, the professional teams in the area, you knew the name Charlie Connerly. And I was, you know, I'm one of those, you know. If I say I'm a historian of the game, that sounds really pretentious. Let's just say that I've always loved to read about the game. I've always loved finding out about the history of the game. And I knew who Charlie Connerly was. So when they called me and asked me if I would like to do this, I leapt at the opportunity. Plus, I have such great Mississippi ties with people that I know. I was like, you're darn right I'm going to do that. Number 42 himself, I'm here. He was great. Uh, you covered the SEC for, for a long time, long time. And, and multiple sports, and I guess that was, was Jefferson Pilot days. Jefferson Pilot. Sport South. And Sail with the Pilot. How about that? How about that? A lot of games with Dave Neal along the way, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave's my guy. I remember, wow, we were here for Memphis State at Mississippi State. Okay. August 31, 1997. That's the first game I ever did. Really? Yep. I was in the booth. Um, I believe as Bob. Yeah, it was Bob Rathbun was the play-by-play, the, okay. the voice of the Atlanta Hawks. Right. And Dave Neal was on the sidelines. And we had really. A, yeah, we had a three o'clock Central Time kick. It was 187 degrees, roughly. More like 287. <laughs> <laughs> it's an oven. And poor Dave, he started in a in a sport coat and looking good, and by the middle of the third quarter. Rode hard and put up wet. I mean, it was just bad. And I felt so bad for him because he had all these great stories and things for the game. But the game was so hot that everyone was cramping, going down. So everything became an injury report. So he never really got to do the good stuff. And this is the first game I ever did. So God knows what I said, all right? God knows what was It must have been the worst game ever done except for Bob and, and Dave. They knew what they were doing. But I was the rookie. And that was when poor Kiefer McGee had passed away that summer in the swimming pool accident. And they kicked the field goal with like three seconds left Mississippi State did to win the ball game. Jackie Sherrill was the head coach. Remember how Coach Sherrill used to dress for the games? He'd have the coat and tie on like Coach Bryant did. Would he occasionally go short sleeve shirt? Well, after halftime, he came out in the polo shirt. He was a a wet, sopping mess. But they ended up winning games. First game I ever did. And couldn't leave. Couldn't leave the Golden Triangle. Right, because it was you know three o'clock kickoff. Sure. And there's no flights going out, so I stayed the night, and that's the night Princess Di got into her car accident, and oh. I was up all night with CNN. At first, it kind of sound didn't sound bad. She's conscious, she's speaking, Goodness. and as the night went on, so that's how I remember my first game ever. How about I, that? I was in eleventh grade, and Ole Miss had a home football game that Saturday also, and I, I remember that night very much. Those are the nights that we do wow. remember. And it's, you know, it's just... stick with you forever. And then there are nights that you also never forget where you were when you saw something on the field, mm-hmm. right? There, there's some of those nights as well. It's not just historical events. What's one of those for you? You have had, Charles, a career that is, is decorated, <laughs> and you've been fortunate to see great things in college athletics <laughs> and in professional athletics and all over the place. What's one of those things for you that just stands out that you'll never forget being there? As a sideline reporter, Alabama at Ole Miss. Okay. I think it was the 9-11 year. Okay. 
And I can't remember if that game was supposed to have been played earlier and got moved, you know, because you remember we had all that movement and all that. Right. But anyway, Alabama Ole Miss, Alabama comes in. I think it was Dennis Franchoni. And and Tyler Watts was the quarterback, tough, hard-nosed quarterback. And they're leading for most of the game. And Eli Manning did his thing with the magic down the stretch. 2001 game. That Was that towards – hey, Dad, you'll remember that. Ole Miss-Alabama 2001. Was that towards Sanford where he kind of ran the little wheel route down the sideline? Yep. There we go. And Eli did his thing as usual. Facial expression never changed. And then I read Ernie Acorsi's book, The General Manager of the Giants. Right. And read his book and talked – and he had in there his notes – from following Eli during the year, and I, that game was one of the games that he was there and taking notes on and knew he had to have Eli. He wanted Eli Manning. So that was one where I was just working sidelines on yeah. it and got to see it. Um, Boise State, Oklahoma from the booth, the BCS game with Boise State doing all their magic down the stretch. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty play. Um, Ted Ginn running back to opening kickoff against Florida to BCS National Championship game, and his team celebrated and hurt his ankle, and he never played another snap. And I think Ohio State was almost a double-digit favorite in that game. And yeah. Florida blasted them. <laughs> you know, wow. things of that nature kick in. Not all the not all the, not all the memories are just work memories. Some of it is just being there, being around, seeing. You know, it's it's just been a fun journey. Yeah. When, when you think about this event tonight, uh, Bill Blackwell just walked in from the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, and he and I were talking earlier. When you say best player in the state of Mississippi, I mean it, it's subjective for yeah. for the voters, and it, it's so hard because you've got two teams that are SEC teams. Right. You've got Southern Miss that's in the Sun Belt. You've got SWAC schools, and you've got Delta State with a great quarterback this year, and Patrick Shegog playing yeah. in the Gulf South Conference. It's really hard to compare different levels, but there are some outstanding finalists this year. And don't you think when you watch, because you've watched a ton of football, yeah. and and after a while. When you're watching a game, the level drops out of your head. You're just watching the ball game. Right. You're watching the play, right? You're watching the magic. And the best players stand out, doesn't matter what level. And, and, and while you're watching it, you're really not saying to yourself, oh, I'm watching a Division II kid. Boy, I wonder how he's doing Division One. You're just, you're just appreciating that he's playing in Division You're just appreciating what you're seeing in front of you. Right. That's what I think about with this award, that it's, it's the beauty's in the eye of the beholder. The beauty's in the eye of the, vo- of the voter and what they saw and what captured them. And what excited them and, and stirred the passion of the whole thing. And that's why with this award, with everyone being involved in it, you would think every single year the SEC schools would walk away with this thing, right? History tells us that is not the case. History tells us that's not the case. And if you're from Mississippi, if you're not from Mississippi, you may not know some of the names that have won it. But if you're from Mississippi, you do. Yeah. Because you remember the performances that they gave us. And we're seeing more and more in the NFL. You don't have to come from the highest levels to have had a, a, a monster impact in the game. You can come from the small school and be a big fish up up on that level, too. But that's not what this award is about. This award is about the college impact, what they've done on the field, what they've done off the field, how they carry themselves as people. And just one more time, the passion they stir when you watch them play. And I'm like you. I don't care what the level is. When it's good... <laughs> you know it when you watch it. And and we know it with those two guys that come from SEC schools. Yeah. Quinshawn Judkins going over 1,000 yards for back-to-back seasons. First time that's happened at Ole Miss since the 1950s. And he does it without even breathing hard. You know, he's just he's just special. Yeah. And and I think we were reminded down the stretch, he didn't get off to the 
fastest start this season, but down the stretch when it mattered. Oh. I mean, that game against Mississippi State on Thanksgiving night, that, there were some grown man runs that were in there. Big time, right? Yeah. The, and, 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 you know, when you're calling a ball game, you know, we all have the different terms for them, right? Grown man runs, dirty runs, you know. Every run doesn't have to be the, the jump cut and he takes right. it to the house. Some of those runs are just plain impressive. <laughs> I was talking about Najee Harris coming out of Alabama Ooh. and playing at Pittsburgh for the Steelers first couple of years in the league. Some of his best runs were just get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you're, you're just seeing things when they happen. But, boy, yeah, he is he is definitely special. And I think what you were talking about is in addition to his game, you can see how his game expanded to where everything doesn't have to be a sprint and a, and a cut and I got to go. Yeah. Okay, sometimes getting four is vital, but, it it's a good, but it's a really good four. Yeah. And then on the other side of the ball for Mississippi State, Buki Watson, yeah. he just went 21 tackles in back-to-back <laughs> games against two in-state rival teams, against Southern Miss and against Ole Miss in his last two games as a, uh, as a Bulldog. And isn't it interesting that that happened not long after Dick Buck has passed? Yeah. It's almost like Dick Buck has passed, and everyone who was a linebacker of that ilk kind of absorbed his spirit yeah. and went to work. And Boogie went to work. And, and I'll mention Frank Gore Jr. as well from Southern oh, yeah. Miss, who has had such an unbelievable career. The performance that he gave us in their bowl game a year ago, going well over 200 yards to close it out. And, you know, we knew the bloodline was great. Yeah. And, and he's been so important to Southern Miss. You know, this is funny because we talked to you asked me before what I've seen, all right? I was doing high school games. Okay. We all did, right? If, right? if we were trying to make it, that's right. High school game on the radio. I, I saw his dad fumble three times in the first quarter, lost all three in high school, and finished the night over 300 yards on the ground. Talking about high school games, um, Jim Richmond was with us earlier. Seaspire did the bright lights games. We did yeah. high school football games. We would have a Fox production truck yeah. come in. I mean, it was an NFL caliber broadcast, not with the talent, but sure. with with the uh, with the <laughs> don't, production. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Saw T.J. Yeldon go for over 300 yards. Daphne versus Fairhope. <laughs> Opening night. It was unbelievable. Okay, real quick question for you because okay. you've done it at really high levels. Wasn't that fun? It was a lot of fun. Right? Wasn't that fun? This conversation the preparation was fun, doing too. It, wasn't, that, wasn't that a blast? Because you had to work harder to get the information to learn Much. who the kids were. But, boy, you got invested, didn't you? I love doing those high school games. Charles Davis, he's the best. We'll be right back. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Great to visit with you on this Tuesday afternoon. We are getting closer to the Ceasefire Connerly Trophy presentation that is happening tonight at the Country Club of Jackson. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today, but still in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, glad to have you along for the ride. Uh, you want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us in the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. Learn more at ceasefire.com 
slash business. It is time right now for the college football fix. Maybe. It, it can still be time. It can still be time even without the music. The SEC, uh, the, the time has expired on that, that uh, theme. Oh, it's oh gone. he said there's no more. There's no it's more. It's going away. So it's we gone. Have, what, so. what, is, we have one more game with it, right? That's yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? They blew that deal so bad, they don't deserve to have their music played. Think about that. Hold on. College Football Fix is driven by Ford. And your local Mississippi Ford dealers are all going to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, quickly. As an aside, have we thought about how badly CBS bungled that? We have. I know we've talked about it in the past, but we're at the end. We are, today's Tuesday, games on Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We are four days from CBS's last broadcast of SEC football. They were fighting with the SEC over going to even $100 million. $100 million. They are now paying $350 million each year to the Big Ten for either the second or the third game on the schedule. Most weekends, it is the number three game. They had the number one SEC game every week for two and a half decades, and they were paying $55 million for it. Serves them right. I mean, you are more into sports business than me. I can't imagine we won't look back at that as one of the worst deals in sports business, or I guess lack of deal. I mean, you've got, what, Trump not buying the Cowboys, that I assume he would regret that decision, the financial benefits of that. But, I mean, this is up there, right? You're going to look next year, and you're going to have LSU and uh, top 15 Tennessee team on ABC, and CBS is going to try to sell you on UCLA at Michigan State. Mm. Yeah. Good luck with that. Gross. Good luck with that. I'll watch that. You'll watch UCLA Michigan State? I mean, I'll tune in for a second. I mean, I'll mean, i give yeah. it a look. Because it's on. It's but, on. But goodness gracious. All right, so college football fix. What the, We have not gotten this yet today. Uh, it appears as if the Arkansas Razorbacks have landed – on an offensive coordinator. They're bringing back a former head coach, and it's not John L. Smith. Run it back. It is not John L. Smith that is making it his way back to uh, the northwest corner of the state of Arkansas. You hear that Harley in the distance? Bobby Petrino is going to be the offensive coordinator of the Arkansas Razorbacks? Yes. What? You know what's funny about that? Everything. Well, everything. But... Uh, Arkansas is having to violate their own uh, university bylaws to make that happen. Look out! Hold on! <laughs> ah! <laughs> you realize there are people that still believe all those injuries were from a motorcycle crash, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly uh, how he got beaten up. But no, so so Arkansas has got a clause yeah, about... did there about rehiring oh, yeah. uh, former employees yeah. where they have to they, they cannot be fired with cause. Yeah. They have to leave on their own accord or a mutual parting of ways. But he was fired with cause, remember? There is a little-known codicil in the Arkansas Charter that grants the president unlimited power in time of campus emergency. Codicil. Yeah. 
How about that? It, the time has come for someone to put their foot down. That word. And that foot this out is loud. Sam Pittman. I'm Googling that word. Arkansas. This is this is from ESPN. Arkansas is vetting their vet- <laughs> the return of former coach Bobby Petrino as the school's offensive coordinator. Petrino has been seriously considered by school officials, and a deal could come to get. It's done, right? It's done. It's done. It's this, been announced. This article was from an hour and a half ago. Run it back. Sources told ESPN that Petrino has indicated in the recruiting space that he's in the mix for an SEC coordinator job. This man was fired from the University of Arkansas and appeared in a press conference wearing a neck brace, <laughs> purportedly post-motorcycle wreck, with an unknown employee at Arkansas. <laughs> he was... Having an affair with a subordinate within the department. They spun it as a motorcycle wreck. They fired him. It was a wreck of some kind. And now they're bringing him back as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, he didn't stop calling plays. He was just a terrible person. You know, you know how it goes, man. This is just yet another example among many when fans try to pull the morality card. This is going to be you no eventually. It's it's going so to be you at some point. Is this the just equivalent? Do it. Is this similar in some way, shape, or form that if Ole Miss hired Hugh Freeze as their offensive coordinator? Mm. It's comparable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that because... I mean, so, the the reasons were so drastically different. I was I was trying to say, would it be more comparable if you said you brought in Tommy Tuberville to be your defensive coordinator? Ooh, okay. Well, but, but Tuberville didn't get fired though. He, he wasn't left. forced out. Freeze was forced out. Yeah. That picture, if you're watching on, <laughs> there it is. Oh. Uh, and you're going to see that after every not great game the Arkansas offense has moving forward. Oh, yeah. Now, if I'm an Arkansas fan today, I don't hate this, by the way. Oh, for, for, for just from football, it's because fine. Because the, the greatest recent success of Arkansas football this year, or the, in, in, I'm sorry, let me stop. The greatest recent success for Arkansas football came with Bobby Petrino as the head coach. You're right. We were sitting here with Charles Davis a second ago talking about games that you will always remember. One of the early games that I did on television was a pay-per-view game. Mm-hmm. We were on the photo deck at about the 15-yard line next to the Spanish-speaking radio broadcast doing See? the Ole Miss pay-per-view game. Houston Nutt at Arkansas, his first return oh, first trip game to back. Fayetteville yeah. with Bobby Petrino as the head coach. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. That was a late October, maybe 1st of November game. And there was the offensive pass interference call on Arkansas late in the ballgame. Their fans went nuts. Mm-hmm. You had a bunch of Ole Miss fans up there. They're yelling, Houston nut, Houston nut. Yeah, you have singing his praises, ah. showering him with uh, adulation. Yeah. Who knew how that was going to go? By Petrino, lifetime 0-1 against Sylvester Croom. Oh. Do you guys believe the, I guess you can call it a conspiracy theory, that um, he will replace Sam Pittman when they fire him after this year? 
Well, this really sets up for something more interesting than that. It sets up to be, what if they fire Sam Pittman in season and he is the head coach? He is the interim head coach at Arkansas before next season comes to an end. We are are running it back, man. We are doing this. And doesn't this make it, you know, it doesn't matter. As always, it doesn't matter. Just hire bad people. If they win games, nobody's going to care, and they never do. The news cycle lasts 24 hours. But um, it, isn't this more palatable where instead of hiring him like a, maybe somebody wants to, you bring him in as OC, and it's really good, and then, oh, he's just there, and you naturally transition him to head coach as opposed to hiring him that way I, I'm and actually, making it a big deal? I, I'm going to disagree with you. If Sam Pittman gets fired next year, Bobby Petrino will not be the next head football what if coach the in Arkansas. Offense is great. Well, if the offense is great, Sam Pittman might not get fired. If the offense is great, he's not getting fired. Yeah. Well, well they were okay defensively this year, except for the Auburn game and the Missouri game. <laughs> except for except for two games. Yeah. Do you think her former boyfriend is going? They're doing what? I thought it was a fiance. It was fiance. Her, her former fiance. Or did they? They may have gotten married. Did they follow through on it? They might have. Ooh. I hope not. I, I mean, I do too, but, you know. True love cannot be denied. Unless they worked their way through it. They, they found happiness on the other side. true love. Came yeah. out, and, and maybe they are just L-I-V-I-N. Riding off into the sunset together. Perhaps. That's your college football fix. Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We're back right after this. Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. We are at the Country Club of Jackson for the C Spire Connerly Trophy presentation tonight. So it's Sports Talk Mississippi on the road. One of those finalists is sitting with us right now. Uh, Nathaniel Buki Watson, who just finished off an incredible final season at, uh, at Mississippi State. 137 tackles, including 42 in the last two games. Spooky, 21 tackles in consecutive games. That doesn't happen. Yeah. How did that happen? Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. It. <laughs> I looked up. I remember a Southern Miss game. I had looked up um, at um, the leaderboard. I saw it had like 16 or 15. And I was like, okay, last year I had, I think I finished with 18 Kentucky. And I could never get past like 16 again. So I was like, okay, I'm going finna, I'm finna to beat this record. So I, I just... When I done, then I looked up again. And it was twenty one. I was like, twenty one. I was like, wow. <laughs> I think they just give me assist tackles now. <laughs> but then last last game, the egg bowl, I I don't remember getting twenty one. I just I remember people coming up to me at the game. It was like, I know y'all uh, lost, took a tough loss, but you do realize that you had twenty one again. I was like, wow. I I felt like felt like I ran around the field a lot, but that's it's just crazy, you know. So. It, it really is incredible. You know, you think about basketball, and you, you hear about shooters, like, kind of getting into the zone. Yeah. You know, one of those nights where they just can't miss. Everything, it feels good leaving their hand. 
Is it possible that that can be a thing for a linebacker when you get into a groove like that where you're just seeing everything clearly, you've prepared, you know what your keys are, and it just happens? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think it is. I think it play out just like that, like a basketball player. You know, uh, when you uh, prepare so much, and then you uh, you know exactly what play they run in and where it's coming, where it's coming from. You know, um, you know, you get little hints from like tight ends, O line, where they, where the ball going. So just uh, just doing film study and just being in the right position helps out a lot. And you also led the SEC in sacks this season, which, you know, for an inside linebacker, it's kind of unusual. You know, that's normally where your defensive ends, your outside linebacker is going to be going. What made you so successful as a pass rusher this year? Um, just my, my D-line and my DBs. You know, uh, my DBs did a good job of holding their man while the quarterback had the ball. And then we had a lot of stunts going on. So D-line was cutting up the front, giving me uh, open lanes to run through. So I just I got to thank them guys for being able to. You know, we love partnerships in sports. You know, as there, you, when you can have a, a, a dynamic duo of sorts, everybody likes to talk about that. You and Jet Johnson these last two years have tackled more people than, than just about anybody on planet Earth. What's that partnership like with, with Jet? Because off the field, you guys seem like you're kind of different, but on the field, you guys work together really well. Uh, I, went, I say more like a brotherhood. It's like a brother, like a brother bond between me and huh? You know, yeah, off the field, we don't spend that much time together unless we're in a facility. When we're in a facility, we always buy each other. Are we eating or watching film? We always talking, communicating with each other, off the field and like away from the facility. We hang out every now and then, but it's it's still a brotherhood between me and him. And just to have that um that like that tackling little circuit that we had last year and this year, it just, I think it, I think it brought a lot of energy to the defense. And like I, me personally, I think we like set it like a little like a little um I don't know I forgot the word I'm trying to say. I think we set like a little level for like next linebackers coming up. Standard. Yeah, the standard for the next linebackers coming up just to be able to like out outplay us and out like be better than us. So yeah. But okay, I'm curious what changed this year. If if you look at kind of what your defense did early in the season, there were some nights where it was like that doesn't look like a Mississippi State defense. Yeah. But if you go and you really go inside the numbers kind of in the second half of the year, maybe last four or five, maybe six games of the year, it was like something changed, and and you guys were very productive on the defensive side. You got a lot stingier on that side of the ball. Didn't give up nearly as many big plays. What, what happened? Um, I'd just say, I mean, we was preaching on it all. Like after I know after Arizona game, I had said a couple things when I was like, um, I wasn't too happy about the win and stuff. So I really think that got under some skin of defense players. I know I caught we had like a little team meeting, like just players and I had called a bunch of players out on defense, some offensive players, and I think they just bought in they just bought in more. When you get called out in front of your peers, it just mean it just means a lot more to you. So I think they really just helped push them guys and then coaches, they was on, on our tail about not finishing plays, you know, um, giving up big chunks of yard, what we gotta do to uh get the offense back to ball. So I think it all just worked out collectively as a group. I, I did a double take when I was looking at your numbers and forgot that you had been on campus since 2018. I asked you a second ago, did it go by quickly? And I was thinking, okay, the last three years went by in a hurry. It's six years. Yeah, uh, six years went by in a hurry. They, they did. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say the six years went by, but this last year most definitely went by yeah. fast. So. All right, so so what's next for uh, for you? Uh, obviously, you're going to get an opportunity to uh, to play at the next level and to to go make a living playing uh, a game that I'm assuming you 
grew up loving and, and continue to love. So so what does it look like for you going forward? Just keep my head down and keep working, you know, um, do the, do everything in my power to get to the next level because that's, that's what it's all about in this game, you know, uh, to play on them Sundays, Monday, Thursday night, football, just so uh, that's all I can say. Just keep my head down and do the best I can to get to where I'm going. When do you start training for the draft? Probably uh, I'm going to start early December and then going to carry on all through um, – them next four months and next year. So, so you played your final two games here against two other finalists for this award tonight: yeah. Frank Gore and Quinshawn Judkins. You played against Judkins last year. You know, tell us about those two guys and what kind of players they are. Uh, tough runners, I say that for sure. I know uh, Frank Gore; he a tough runner for sure. Uh, we played when we played him. He was, he was talking so smack, but he wasn't talking to me. He wasn't talking to me. I don't ever talk smack for real. It'd be other players around me talking smack, and then they just happen to talk to me. And I just don't even say You get caught in the crossfire. Yeah, I just get caught in the crossfire. Yeah. I just go on about it. But Frank Gore, uh, he'll he he a hell of a player. And um, I think he got a chance at the next level as well. And then um, Junkin, I, that man unbelievable. I saw I saw a post uh, the other day about 1,000 thousand rushing yards. Mm-hmm. I think the only person that ever did that back-to-back season was Reggie Bush or something like that. Freshman, sophomore year or something. I, I don't know. Those numbers are really impressive. Yeah, so. and, and I think – only the second guy ever to go back-to-back thousand-yard seasons running the football at Ole Miss. Um, if your name's called tonight and and you get handed the Connerly Trophy, what does that mean to you? Me personally, I I didn't know nothing about the trophy until like two years ago or three years ago. I think it was when um when Kylan won. Yeah, Kylan won, and I was like, "What's that trophy?" And they, uh, I think Jet had told me somebody, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I thought I thought it was just like a Mississippi kid can win it only, right? Like you had to, you had to be born in Mississippi, and then I saw Junkins win it last year. I was like, oh, oh wait, an Alabama kid yeah. can win it? How yeah. about that? Yeah. Alabama kid can win. So I was like, I ain't no think nothing. Think I was gonna like be, get this opportunity to like come here and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a finalist for the Buckets Award as well. So just to have both of them under my belt, it just it just means a lot to me. You know, I gotta thank the man above for. Allowing me to have the opportunity, and then all my teammates. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be no finalist without my teammates. So I. I just give thanks to them. So where will? You, where's the award ceremony for the Butkus? Does ESPN still do the the big award ceremony night? I don't know. Okay, I ain't heard. Okay, <laughs> they'll, tell, they'll tell you though. They, they, yeah. they won't do it without you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I hope not. That's uh, that's pretty. So Charles Davis, um, who you may recognize from his coverage in the one of the analysts on CBS for the for the NFL, he's the MC tonight. Okay. And we were talking with him a, a little while ago, kind of about you and and some of the other players, and he mentioned that, you know, the Dick Butkus dying mm-hmm. not too terribly long ago, yeah. and, and then you go out and and you have performances like that. You obviously didn't grow up watching Dick Butkus. That was long before you. Who's the linebacker at the next level that you looked up to or maybe tried to model your game after? That's right. In this generation? Sure. Fred or or whomever. Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Yeah. I, I would love to get drafted by 49ers just to be under him. Like, <laughs> he my role model. Like, I watched all his games. I've been watching highlights before games. So, just to be able to, like, be under him and, like, just learn from him. It'll be a dream come true. Like he 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 legit one of my role models in the NFL. So yeah, Fred Warner for sure. That's incredible. Good stuff. Congratulations on an incredible year. I, I know from a record standpoint, maybe it didn't end up where you wanted, um, but an incredible career and an incredible season. And we wish you nothing but the best. Yes, sir. Thank you.
Nathaniel Buki Watson, visiting with us. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We've got just one segment left after this. And hey, Ned, you, you watched basically every game that he played yeah, in his I'll, career. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm actually, sorry, I'm going to turn you back. I do have one more question. <laughs> I'd rather ask him another question than, than I get another it. question. I get it. You see me all the time. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about the, the growth arc in your career. So 2018, you play in two games. Yeah. 2019, seven games. I'm guessing there's some special teams mixed in there. And then it, it grows and it grows and it grows. And, you know, it's 2021, you're, you're high on that tackle list. How did you grow uh, along the way? And did you feel the growth along the way? Got about a minute left. I felt I felt it going up every time. Uh, but really, it was just um, my hard work ethic. You know, me and – honestly, me and Jet, we put, it, we put our heads together and we just, like, we're going to go out here and prove everybody wrong. You know, we're going to work hard. And we're just going to see if we can lead the team, like lead the nation in tackles. And that's what we did. So, just hard working. I, I think I know how you're going to answer this. Is Jet going to be in the NFL too? I hope so. I'm hoping me, him, and Crumney get drafted together. Okay, just put all three of you on the same team and just run it back. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Bookie Watson with us here at the Connerly Trophy presentation, Sports Talk Mississippi. Take a timeout. We're back with you. We'll wrap it up after this. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. One last time, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Really appreciate Pookie Watson stopping by and spending a few minutes with us. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Hey, Dad has snuck off. I think he's trying to record an interview with Frank Gore Jr. We'll have that for you on the show tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully going to be able to catch up with uh, Quinshawn Judkins and Patrick Shegog is scheduled to join 337 us. tomorrow. All right. He'll be on the show with us tomorrow as well. So we will continue the Connerly Trophy presentation. It's one of those deals where it's a little awkward because people start arriving as we're kind of winding down on the show. But it's always uh, always good to, uh, to be here. Um, if you're looking for a new truck, then an F-150, they've got you covered at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. You can find them on Highway 6 West in Oxford. You want to just come over and sit down now? You want to do that? Perfect. Highway 6 West in Oxford, BelkFord.net or OxfordToyota.com. Hey, man. They Good will take you. care of your family-owned company, and they've been at it for a long time. Did you see how happy he was coming to sit down with you? I don't think we've ever gotten that reaction before. It's been like, all right, I'll That'd talk be your to headphones these guys. There. I've yeah. to you guys before. No, you do. Yes, always. What did you hear? Oh, Bork, you don't put him on. Uh, <laughs> nothing good is the answer to that question. Frank Gore Jr. joining us right now, one of the finalists for the Connerly Trophy presentation. Thanks for stopping by. Congratulations on, I know from a win-loss standpoint, not what you wanted, but from a personal accomplishment standpoint, it's just been phenomenal to watch. 
Uh, yes, sir. Uh, had a great career at Southern Miss. Um, hopefully I can come back. Um, just blessed to be in this position. Uh, blessing. Uh, I could get to represent my teammates, my team, my coaches. So just pretty, pretty big deal and a blessing. I'm curious for you, Frank, what game – I assume that I know the answer to this, but maybe I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Is there a single game that stands out to you above all the rest? Uh, the Louisiana game. Okay. Uh, the one this year. This year. I feel like uh, I showed that I, I have character uh, because I, I had a big fumble in the fourth quarter, and my teammates believed in me. My coach believed in me. They didn't come. They didn't down me when I came to the sideline. Uh, they just said, make it back up like we know you could. And that showed a lot about how they believe in me, how I, how I believe in myself. You know, it was incredible watching that down the stretch because your body language was, give me the ball, I'll get it done. And yeah. then you did. Yeah, absolutely. See, I was convinced that you were going to say the bowl game from last year. Uh, my O-line did most of the work that night. Uh, it was it was all on them that night. All right, so, so I appreciate the credit to the offensive line. They didn't carry it for over 300 that night, though. Yeah, but they gave me the lanes. They did. They gave me all the lanes. It was wide open. Uh, they did all the tough job that night. It was. Uh, I would say that night was mostly on them. Uh, the Louisiana game was mainly mostly about me and my character and how bad I wanted that game. Well, it was certainly incredible to watch. That This was a difficult season, I know, in a lot of ways, because you didn't get the results in terms of wins and losses that you wanted. But you talk about character in that Louisiana game, but that the back-to-back wins there that had to feel really, really good after a season that had been hard. Uh, yeah, we finally got to smile in the building. Uh, we finally got to be ourselves. You know, when you lose and you come into the building, man, it's tough. Uh, you try to find any little reason, but uh, we got two wins back to back, and uh, it felt very good for my team and my teammates for sure. You you said hopefully coming back. What, what, I hope so. Okay, if so, the situation's right, I'll be back for sure. Uh, I haven't. I just want to. Uh, take things slowly. Uh, yeah. My next step is graduating. I haven't thought about uh, football, whether I'll play next year or not. Uh, my next step is graduating, and that's the biggest thing for me right now. And after that, I'll be able to sit down and weigh all my options. I don't know if you know this or not, but your name is kind of a famous name in, in football <laughs> circles. Um, did you feel pressure growing up to to live up to it no, or just support? No, sir, not at all. Pressure really? is pressure is finding your next meal. Pressure is is whether we're, we're wondering where you're going to sleep at night, that's pressure. Playing football is not pressure at all. Uh, that's a blessing, and that's something I get to do. That pressure is not playing football. Uh, my mom got that through my head at a very young age, and that's she, that was like clear ever since I started playing. Like This is not pressure, and pressure is wondering how you're going to feed your child, and that's pressure. Has this been a fun ride for you? Yes, I love I love Mississippi. I love Southern Miss. Uh I love it all, man. I'm just taking it all in. You, you know, it's really interesting to me that you said, you know, maybe one more. We'll see how the situation plays out. Take care of all your options, and that's certainly the wise thing to do. But there were so many people that talked after a season and go, oh, he's going somewhere. And you said, no, I'm, I'm going back to Southern Miss. And to, to be there for this season, right after the offseason a year ago, to come back and, and continue to stick with those guys, pretty incredible stuff. Um. I have no reason to leave. What's my? I I didn't see a reason. I didn't. I don't think I had a reason. Um, yeah, it's bigger schools, but I built this place. Uh, I helped build it, and I wouldn't want to leave just to. Well, I'll say join someone else wave. Yeah. I'd rather just keep building the wave I created and I started to create. Well, 
I know that your coaches think a ton of you. I know your teammates think a ton of you, and a lot of other people do as well. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. We wish you the best, whatever the next steps are. Thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate all the coverage you did over the few years, and just appreciate all the positive vibes. Absolutely. Frank Gore, Jr., he's one of the best. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll tell you all about the Connerly Trophy winner tomorrow afternoon starting at 3 o'clock. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.